Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house this morning. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. We rejoice in him this morning. We have a hope that's higher than a political hope. We have a hope that's higher than a medical hope. Hallelujah. Why should we not rejoice in the hope that we have? Glory. There is no other hope like this hope. Glory. Unless you don't believe in hope. People that have hope look different than people that don't have hope. Their hope might be false hope, but they look different. Some of you look like you got hope this morning. Some don't even look like they believe in death this morning. Just endlessness of nothing. Ah, uh, that might be hell itself, you know. Most of us kind of think hell's going to be exciting, don't we? <laughs> think about it. I'm not talking the same what kind of excitement. But most of us believe hell to be a little bit exciting. Should be some good back canal down there. <laughs> but you know, Jude and Peter paints a different picture of hell. They paint it as dark dungeons, endless days. And when the kingdom of heaven comes, there's no sun, there's no moon to give it light, but God gives it light. But in those dungeons, there's no light down there either. You don't know what day it is. It don't matter. It's all the same. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So it may not be the fun place you expect. In fact, some of you might have one foot in that board. Unhopeful. Eventless place. Because that's what hell is. Just waking up the same every day and not expecting anything new to happen, you know. Like some prison cell, you don't, it's internal. You don't know if it's day or night. It don't matter, no way. Ain't nothing new. 
You know, some people come to church that way. Ain't nothing new. It's just routines. I assume he might have some routines in hell, but it, nothing to be excited about. La da ba ke se, na da ba Hell sounds depressing, doesn't it? <laughs> Some of y'all say, I don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, the fire didn't bother you as much as the depression. Uh huh. Hallelujah. Well, if I can't wake you up, I can't wake you up. For many are invited, but few are chosen. King James says many are called, but few are chosen. We find this account in Matthew and in um, Luke, I believe, 16. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This is about a wedding banquet. There was a king. Threw a banquet for his son. And isn't that kind of ironic? Jesus talking about a king throwing a banquet for his son. And then book of Revelation talks about the blessed are those who are invited to the wedding of the Lamb. So the Pharisees always knew that he was sarcastically insulting them by these parables. You know, they, 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 was, they was almost dead in hearing, but they could hear offenses quite well. Ha. Huh. My, my, my. What have we opened up this morning? What have we opened up? The shaft of the abyss. The shaft of the bottomless pit. What, what is this? We can't hear compliments. We're too dead for that. We're too hell-bound for that. But on offense, we can pick those up in our sleep. In fact, a lot of times you're always dreaming about somebody doing you wrong in your sleep. See, you, you, you know you're hell-bound when you can't even have a good dream. I mean, it's your dream. It's your dream, and you're dreaming me bad. Uh, you know life is bad, and, and, and you hell-bound when you, all you're having is bad dreams. <clears throat> but let's, let's look at this. So you, you have this wonderful discernment about yourself, but you can always pick up offenses. What did you mean by that? Uh, uh, why did you say that? Uh, I'm not going to call no names, but there's certain people that's always discerning. 
And they're always trying to figure out what I meant when I said something. But, but, but they, they don't have no hope that it's anything good. They think it's a rebuke that they was too unintelligent to catch. <laughs> so you're always picking up offenses, you know. Uh, you're always picking up offenses, and you ain't got no goats or sheep to even to fence in. But you're always picking up these fences. You're always hearing or ex- suspecting that there's something been said that is not good. Because you ain't got nobody in heaven or on earth that is on your side. Don't even have that friend. There's this, there's this interesting aspect of testing, you know. We always believe God is testing us. But actually, the Lord does not test us. His word says he doesn't test us. When the Bible says he tests us, it means he allows us to be tested. And here's the thing about testing. Quite interesting, if you think about it. Testing comes to make you question. And if you question, you fail the test. (laughs) All testing comes to make you question. Whether or not if you go in the right direction, doing the right thing or not. And and when you question, you fail the test. Right? For example, the serpent said to Adam and Eve, did God really say? So they started scratching their head. And then you fail. So, we question a lot. But we don't question as in with hope. We're always hearing offenses. We're always hearing negative things. Everything that's said to us is some sort of trap. It's, 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 it's not nothing good. Somebody trying to con you or somebody's trying to get the best over on you. See, you already know you're hell bound when your brain thinks like that. At least your brain is in hell. Your feet may not be there dad, now yet, but your brain is there. Huh? You die on the inside before you die on the outside, you know. So, you you never hear anything good. So, let's relate this to our scripture. Wedding banquet. So, the king is throwing a banquet for his son. So he sends an invitation to those who are invited. That means that they are 
pre-known to the king, these are the people I want in my banquet. But they refused, and we want to talk about why they refused. They refused, you know. And so in this particular one, uh, Luke is a little bit different. In this particular one, so the servants went back to the king and said, they refused. So he sent them back again. Right? Called them twice. Sent them back again. One says, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. They even took some of the servants and, and beat them up and killed them. You know, as in, why, why, why are you aggravating me? Why are you making this so important that we should go? Why are you insisting? So they killed some of the servants. Much like the gospel being preached, we don't like it when the, when, uh, the servants of the Lord say, hey, you, you need to start coming to church. You need to do this. You need to do that. So we kill them one way or the other. So they went back. That is, the ones that were still alive. Um. And so he sent an army out and killed them. Now, this is the count in Matthew, not, not Luke. So then he says, go to the street corner and invite anybody. That means they're not pre-known. And invite them to come in. Although one didn't have no respect and he didn't wear no wedding clothes, so they threw him out. But and, then we, and then we find this statement here. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Now, we're, we're, we're kind of jumping the gun here. We believe that this is about going into the kingdom of heaven. All right? So, that shouldn't be... I mean, we should all want to do that. Why is it they didn't want to go to the king's banquet? Evidently, they should have because some of them got killed. But why did they didn't want to go to the king's banquet? See. Twice it was called, but they didn't want to go. Why they didn't want to go? Why didn't they go? Because it says, for many are invited, but few are chosen. So what we, what, we, what we hear there, this is what we hear, and what we imagine is, you know, I called everybody in, but I'm just going to give a prize to a few people. That, that's the concept that we hear, but I don't think that was the situation. Hmm. Invited means you have been pre-known by God. And so when he calls you, you don't come. Now, if it's the end of the world, you think you would catch that. But maybe if, if, if you don't even show up for the end of the world, what about the little callings in life that God calls you're called you're invited but you don't show up why don't you why don't you show up well we kind of touched on it a little bit because sometimes when we hear the call or the invitation comes we think it's a trap we think it's a con we, we think there's an offense there so everything that we're hearing is nothing about an invitation. It's nothing about being chosen for something special. Because you can't, you can't feel chosen for something special if you don't believe in it. In other words, if you don't have hope that something greater 
is there. That something is greater there. So as, as you look at it, you realize this. I, I realize, one thing I realize is, haughty people always have breakdowns. Because they always appear and they're always breaking down. Now, broke down people, they just stay down there. But the servants, you know, they, 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 they ride it out in the spirit, up or down. <clears throat> so, the only reason they didn't come is because they thought their lives was more important. What they're doing at the moment is more important. So, any invitation that we get must not be important. Many are invited, but, but few are chosen. That means few are chosen, but it sounds like, what is this chosen thing? Many are chosen in light because this is the scripture Jesus gives us. So he invited them, but they wasn't chosen. But when we hear that, we think, okay, the Lord invited us, but then he decided not to choose us. But actually, we find out that the individuals themselves are making the choice. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Anybody follow what I'm saying? Yes. Just like we believe, we believe, this is what we believe we hear in the gospel. We believe what we hear in the gospel, that we're all going to be before the judgment, right? And he will choose the ones he likes. So we believe in this courtroom drama, but there's actually nothing in Scripture that would really even imply that. To be before the throne of God, I mean, the earth is his footstool. I mean, we're always before the throne of God. But it implies that the Lord is going to say, I like you, 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 rest, you can go. But when we look at this scenario, we realize that the people themselves are choosing and not choosing. And how are they choosing and not choosing? By not responding to the invitation, the pre-known invitation. So you're not responding to it. So you're making the decision more than God is making the decision about your eternal resting place and also about the prosperity and the blessings in this life. You're making the decisions. Many are invited, few are chosen. Now, here's the thing. Why didn't they come? Because mm, what I'm doing is more important. You know, Luke talked about some of them had weddings to go to. Some of them had oxen to buy, fields and different things like that. It implies that here in Matthew that they got more important things. Huh? So... In, in light of that, it says that there's things in your life that seem like they're more important than the other invitations in life. And because you think the things that you want to do are more important, even though you're invited, you choose not to choose you. truly believe that the judgment is more about this than you standing before God saying please God choose me choose me choose me choose me choose me uh, 
you know, choose me. Anybody ever make a deal with God? Just choose me, Lord. I'll, I'll be good. Choose me. Choose me, Lord. I know I can behave up here because there's no marriages up here. Just choose me. There's no sexuality. I can be good up here, you know. What if the choice is not like that? What is the choice more like this? What if the choice is more like Jesus comes into your life. He lets you know that he is real. The invitation is there. He says he's coming back. The invitation is there. The, the, the pre-invitation is there. You don't know when it is. Because obviously, the, if he invites somebody, then there has to be particular people that he knows. Because later he invites strangers. So that means it's there. So when the invitation comes, you choose not to go. You choose not to go to heaven. You, you choose. But if we can miss out on big things, you know we can miss out on small things. You know, like marriages, businesses, new houses, new cars, new opportunities. If we can miss out on, if we can miss out on heaven, you know you can miss out on a Toyota. Or a motorcycle. Uh, you, you know you can miss out on it. Uh, and how many things has God promised you in your life? Invitation? But you're waiting for God to give it to you. But what if you didn't go to the invitation? What if you had something more important to do? Now, it occurs to me there's two mindsets. The haughty, they always, you know, they, they always appear until they miss out, you know. They have their ups and downs. So you, you have that mindset of the haughty. They always think, now? No, I can't do this now. This is more important right now. This, this, is, this is more important right now. And the things I've seen about people, they've made little things more important. The husband, the husband wants you to come watch TV with him or, or go outside and sit, but no, the dishes are more important. So for something to be more important, it doesn't really mean it has to be more important. It's just, it's just you, it's important to you. Or maybe you're the, like the foolish virgins. I got to do the dishes first. I got to do this first and then I'll. But it's too late. You know, missed out. Or maybe your husband bought you a new car, but the dishes was more important. Hmm? So he says, forget this. I'll give it to my outside woman. Because <laughs> the bottom line is, of course, he... he the king said and murdered those that had that murdered their servants. But the bottom line is, there's a majority of them. They just, they just thought what they was doing was was too important. And then and then you got 
not the haughty, you, 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 got the, you got the lowly, and they think, he don't really want me to go. I'm not important to him. I'm not, I'm not worthy. So, uh, not, not, unless, not unless he sends me a third invitation. I just, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> but if you can miss out on heaven... I wonder how many times your prophecy is knocked at your door. But because you, you are so hell-bound, you think everything is a trap. It doesn't mean there's not some traps and, and cons out there, right? You think every man's a dog? Yeah. Every woman's a female dog? So you don't respond to the invitation. Maybe that's why sometimes we see somebody else with our prophecy. Because we, because we, we, our minds are so dead, all we do is pick up on a little negativeness. See, there's something wrong with your brain when it has no hope. It, it's just, nah, nah, huh? nah. There's something wrong with your brain and with your phone when you think every phone call is something bad. Now, I understand that's your brain on worries you know which is probably be better if your brain was on drugs than worries <laughs> unless you you know you know there's some people there's, there's some people I ain't even gonna tell you how I know this but there's some people even when they high on drugs they paranoid the popos everywhere <laughs> I, they, they, they everywhere. Some of y'all act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not even drugs can get you out <laughs> of the hell that you're in. Uh, because you, 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 there's some, you gotta, you know, sometimes you just say, This is who I am. No, that's not who you are. That's who your brain is. You can change your brain. Huh? You can change your brain. True. I can prove it. Look at all the homosexuals and transgenders. They changed their brain. I'm a girl. They changed their brain. So, if you're one of these Christians, you've been invited. But your brain is hell bound. It's just like... Everything is negative. Listen, I understand that's your brain. That's what you got right now. But if you're trusting Jesus, you can get a new brain and then you'll have a new life. Because life is all based upon the way you see it. And all week we've been talking about religious love. You know, sometimes we're so, re we so busy religious. We don't see the Lord. Hmm? 
This is kind of humorous, you know. Jesus comes to his own in flesh and blood. What does the Pharisees basically do? Don't bother us. We're studying. We're looking for the Lord. <laughs> He's standing right there talking to them. Who are you? <laughs> and Jesus says, you, you diligently study the scriptures. because You think by reading all this studying, you possess eternal life. You don't know me. You can't see me. Go away, go away. We're busy. We're looking, we looking for the Messiah. Huh? 2,000 years later, they're still looking for the Messiah. None coming, gone, and on his way back. But listen, don't think that we're any different. Because I realized this, this whole thing with religious love and, and, and you, know, you know, sometimes we say that in the church people are religious. But we claim to love God, so we can write and rightly say that it's religious love. We're so busy doing what we think is important. Religious people never have no fun, you know. They're too busy loving the Lord. They don't ever have no peace because they're too busy. Fasting and praying. Hmm? And the, the invitation of God is at hand. Now, mind you, if we can miss the big things, we can miss the small things. Because a big thing, if we can miss that, if we did that blind, we can miss the big thing. How much more do we miss the little things? And the invitations that we have. Huh? In this room, some of us have invitations we have turned down. Opportunities. That we was either too busy to give them any attention. Or we just assume that it's some kind of trap. Huh? Somebody trying to do us wrong. You're calling on the name of the Lord, but you don't believe in him. You don't have no hope. You know, there's a thing about miracles. There's this thing about miracles and prophecies. I know that ain't nobody in here. You know, you know when a miracle comes to pass or a prophecy comes to pass, it comes to pass. Do you really believe the Lord did it? Or do you just think it's a stroke of good luck? Or maybe if you give somebody a word and it comes to pass, do you really believe the Lord was behind it? Or you just thought, oh God, I'm glad this come out this way. It's just a stroke of good luck, you know. Huh? You don't even want to look into it too much because you're not sure if God did it or not. Everything, anything ever come to pass in your life? Maybe the Lord spoke it and it come to pass in your life. And you ain't even going to look to see if the Lord did it or not. You just, hallelujah, amen. But in your heart, you just think it's a stroke of good luck, you know. Because sometimes those of us that have seen miracles, 
we really don't believe the Lord did it. We just believe we are on a, a roll of good luck. Because if you really believed, the Lord could do such things. Oh, what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about. How many times in this very sanctuary has somebody received a word from the Lord and it come to pass? How many testimonies do we have in this house, either from services or the prayer room? Hmm? But you're watching it. Hmm. As far as I'm concerned, if the Lord says, da 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 da, thus saith the Lord, I don't care if the devil did it or who did it, God is in control of it. But, but we don't see it that way. We say, we say, we say, nah, 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 nah. You find more money than usual in your bank account. Oh, the bank made a mistake. Let me hurry up and get it out. I remember this lady. She got this absurd she got this big chunk of money in her bank account so she's scared you know I'm not saying they took a big chunk out they put a big chunk in well hallelujah see some people would draw it one time but hallelujah I mean let's let's start somewhere okay so in two weeks they take it back well at least <laughs> It's on the upside. <laughs> so I never seen I never seen somebody so tormented by having all this extra money in their bank account. So they come to me. I said, "The Lord says it's yours." And and they want to quarrel about it. I I just heard the Lord say it's yours. Because Dave was determined, they kept, they was determined to do an investigation to find out, you know, where it's at. And when it was all done, processed, it was actually the bank had charged them too much on a particular loan and had put the money back in. Do you really think the Lord going to put money in your bank account and somebody else going to realize it? No, if it's there, it's there. Huh? You, you think God stole it from the bank and put it in your account? He says, hurry up and spend it. No, the, 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 point is, the point is when things happen, do we really believe God did it? We just think it's a stroke of good luck. Because that would explain why we may not respond to the invitations. You may say, well, what invitation? Well, if you don't go, you'll never know. <laughs> now, I have a suspicion here. I don't know this. I have a suspicion here, but I don't know this. 
So this king here, you know, he pre-knew these people. So he pre-knew some other cities and, and, and different things that he reigned over. So he sent invitations. Some of them just was busy and they went off. But some of them took the time to kill some of the servants. So the king says, go and murder those murderers. Because they had killed the servants. And destroy their cities. I, and this is speculation, but I would guess that some of those guests, those strangers that he invited, he would have given some of them some property. Or some cities. This is not unusual for the Lord's speech, you know. Because he says, those who have ten talents, I put you in charge of ten cities. Now, I've gone to some weddings before. You get a little piece of candy, a little piece of cake. You go to the Lord's wedding, you get some land. Or a man. Or a Mercedes. Because you know you can't outdo the Lord. What do they call these these party favors or wedding favors? Is that a wedding favors is that what it is? So you get this little thing, you know. You know, Josanne had a wedding. We got this little blue bag, you know, a little bag here with a little drawstring on it, you know. And we got some, some um, chocolate-covered almonds and these little things in there. But when the Lord... You open up that one. Ah! There's five acres right there. There's a promotion right there. But uh, let's 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 fast forward this thing. Let's let's you know. Here we're talking about the wedding and we're talking about people was invited and they didn't come. They had more important things to do, you know, that type of thing. And so, so they didn't show up. Some killed some of the servants. But then the Lord, then the king says, you know, just go out and invite strangers and they all come. But let's fast forward till the day after and the week after. And some of those that didn't come realized what the wedding gifts were. Huh? Huh? Where you get that man at? At the wedding you didn't attend. Uh, you had other things to do. And you didn't want to go to the wedding because, um, you, you know, you just didn't feel like they really wanted you to be there. What, what invitations? Are you not thinking is important enough for you? Hmm? For example, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you have an invitation to come to religious love. 
Well, that's not to make nobody feel bad. But what did you miss out? How many invitations? Maybe your boss gives you an invitation. How many invitations you turn down because you think something is more important? You know, like sleep or YouTube is more important. How many invitations? Nah, nothing good ever happens to me. I'm not important enough. No sense me going. I ain't going to get nothing. Eh? Eh? That wedding probably ain't got enough seats. I'll have to sit outside under the tree. Uh, but wait a minute. When Jesus was at the wedding of Galilee, he was under the tree. He wasn't inside. Hmm? Well, they're marrying inside and everybody else is feeling guilty and looking at their husband and wife and wondering why it didn't work out. You out back under the tree with Jesus. But we, we think our life is, it's this, it's this religious type of love that we have. And religious love will always do the religious thing, but the bottom line of religious love, you're the recipient of everything that's good. So unless it's important, you're not going to do it. Uh, you're not going to get up and worship unless it's important. Hmm? Me get up and shake this body, what am I going to get? Me raise my hand, what am I going to get? Uh, see, we always think our plans are more important than the invitations we get in life. And granted, sometimes, you know, sometimes you've got to make decisions about what you're going to do in life. So can't be two places at the same time. And sometimes you can't, you can't, you know, you can't spread yourself out too much. You wear yourself out. So obviously you've got to make decisions. But here's the thing. Are you making religious decisions? Are you making decisions upon what you think is important? God says, my ways are not your ways. That means your understanding is not his understanding. That means that what you think is important may not be important once you find out what you missed. How do you know when you miss it? After it's too late. <laughs> too late, too late. Because <laughs> a religious mind is, is a worrisome mind. We, we like religiousness because we can put that into a, a, a pattern that we can control and manipulate. But true love, when you're in love with God, that means you've got to be listening. 
See, religious people and religious love is unteachable. You barely hear. You just pick up a few little insults. Because if you're religious, you don't have to hear. Hmm? Every Friday night we eat roti. Every Saturday night, we make love. <laughs> Sunday, I sleep late. <laughs> so you don't have to hear, right? Because religious love is always routines and this is the way we do it. Da, 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 da. So there's no, there's, no, there's no place there for heavenly invitations and heavenly opportunities. Of course, I know, the, dis, I know the, the religious plans you have for your life right now are very prosperous. I can tell that by your bank account. I can tell that by your love life. I can tell that by what you drive outside. That your way of doing things is very prosperous. Or not. And in case you was picking up some sarcasm, this time you was correct. <laughs> Just in case you, you missed that one. To give, to give another illustration, you know, we're talking about wedding, we're talking about husbands and wives. Give them another illustration. There's some men in the house. How many times, gentlemen, have we listened to ladies and not hear a thing they said? <laughs> Be honest. Huh? We, we have learned. We have learned to say, uh-huh. Really? Yeah. We just learned to say that. But we don't listen, you know. Now, I could say, the reason we don't listen, because it's probably a rerun. <laughs> but uh, we'll let's set that aside. <laughs> but... So, a lot of times, ladies, men are, are not listening. They are tentative. Well, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, well, they were. No. <laughs> I have a lot of practice. <laughs> but I always get scared. I get scared when I do that thing, you know. And all at once they say, really? I can do that? Yay! I thought, what did I say yesterday? <laughs> What's that going to cost me? What, 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 did I, what did I just do? Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the ladies, they just, they're just talking so much they don't hear the men either. So, but the, the, the whole point is this. Religious love does not listen. They don't listen. It just discerns every now and then. 
Are you listening to me? Yes. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I listen. What does I say? You know what you're talking <laughs> Sometimes you have so many daughters, if you don't zone them out every now and then, you would never have a thought of your own in your head. And you would never be able to listen to the Lord, for sure. The point is, when we're doing things religiously, we don't listen. So when invitations come up, we say, nah, I got something more important to do. Oh, they don't really want me to do that, you know. We have some way, and so we miss the invitations. And if we can miss a big thing like heaven, what could you miss in this life? And I'm not talking just about the warnings. I'm talking about the prosperous things. The Lord wants you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed. But if we get in this religious love, this, this mindset, and this, this negativeness, no, 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 that's not what I want. I don't want that. I don't like that at all. You know, I, I tried that once. That don't work. I don't want that no more. See, we're in this mindset. And here's the thing, when we get older, oh, Lord, can't move you at all. At least when you're young, you, you haven't planned it all out. But when you get older, oh, no. Oh, no, can't go to church, my arthritis act up. But Granny, is a healing service. I don't care. My, 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 you know. So we, we get in this mindset. And so when we get in this place, and, and this is the thing that happens to us in church. We get religious love. We expect the same thing to happen every Sunday, every time we come to church. We expect the same thing to happen in our life. Yes, like some of us. We expect, we fully expect to get our hopes built up every now and then. But don't go too high, because they're going to be shattered. <laughs> That's just the way it works in my life, or at my house. Hmm? Anybody got a house like that? Anybody got a house like that? That you, you get into the place where you don't want to get your hopes up, because every time you got your hopes up... I'm talking to anybody? Do uh, you know you're religious? You're religious. And you know you're not going to make it into heaven? It says cowards will be thrown in the lake of fire. You know why you're not going to make it into heaven? Yes? Because you know the Lord loves you. And he, when he resurrects you and you come out of the grave, for some reason or another, your wings are not going to work. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> this is what happened every time I get my hopes. I come out of the grave and my wings don't work. 
And maybe, maybe the brain you have is used to that. But when you trust the Lord, you don't even have to have wings. Do you know that's a mindset? Things never working out. People promising you things. Do you realize how many times it's probably your mind that's making that thing not work out? Your negativeness can make people change their mind about you. Your negativeness can make people second guess what they want to do for you. I've seen it too many times. Huh? Your mind. Somebody tell you they're going to do something. But the negativeness in your mind, not to believe it, can make the same people change their mind. That's the power you have. So how do I change if I have a brain like that? Well, first thing is, the problem with me is, the brain was not made by China, it was made by you. So, as the Bible says, you've got to quit trusting in yourself. Or as the song says, lean on Jesus. Lean on me. You've you got to get away from it. You've got to quit believing it. And, and, and there may be some times when it's still trying to manifest. So, here's what happens to us in Christ. We say, okay, I'm going to have hope in Jesus. And here we come back to this testing thing, you know. Testing comes to make you question. So you got this hope in Jesus, right? Hmm? Yes. Let's just use the same illustration. Rapture takes place. You come out of the grave. Wings don't work. Your flesh, your old mind says, I told you. Nothing good ever happens to us. But all you had to do was say, because it says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The reason your wings didn't work because you didn't activate them. The way you activate them is you call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus. And I wonder how many of you thrown something away that worked fine. You know how many times I've seen something buy, somebody buy something? They buy something in a nice box. Box not dented, still taped up. They buy something, they take it out of the box. And they get frustrated. It don't work! So, you know the first thing they tell you to do on instructions? Plug it in or put batteries in it. 
You know why that's number one? <laughs> you know, you know that's why why that's usually number one, the first thing you do in troubleshooting? Because that's the number one thing that keeps things from working. But your mind is convinced out of all the boxes that work. You won the lotto of destruction. It's your mind. It's your mind jinxing you and cursing you. It's your mind. You go to the kitchen and, and, and maybe you find a recipe and you, you're telling yourself, I can't do this. Or maybe you try this recipe, right? And it comes out terrible. And your flesh says, I told you you can't cook. <laughs> Nothing ever works out right for me. I'm jinxed. I'm cursed. Generations. I've been to prayer five times. It, it just don't work. See, somehow you got to override that. Somehow you got to get that thing to shut up. Or get to worry you, you ignore it. Testing will always come. But what does testing come to do? To make you question. Make sense? Testing will always come. But what does it do? Make you question. Huh? Yes? You fall in love. You may have fell in love. You fall in love. And then testing comes, and you begin to question. Sometimes you don't, you should not have fell in love, but, and I'm not saying all testing is not bad. It says test and make sure that it's from the Lord. But what I'm talking about is, is that negative testing that comes. It's not from God. It's that negativeness that believes nothing will ever work out. There's no sense in me going, huh? No sense me going to that, that wedding banquet. Huh? Ain't nobody going to know me. I get to heaven and Abraham will walk right past me. He won't know me. As if there'll be something special. What would we ever do anyway? But Isaac, they don't know me. I, I, just, I just up there. Huh? They're going to mistake me for a waiter. Huh? But we've all been invited. Here's the question. Will we be chosen? And here's the bigger question. What if the choosing is your decision? The Bible says all, not some, not a few. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That doesn't sound like you have to fill out an application. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, it's probably somebody in here this morning. Your mind is of the such. That if you get to heaven, you're going to have to fill out an application. And you know, they ain't going to be accepted. They ain't going to have no room for you. Uh, bank none loaned out all the money. You ain't going to get no money. All the promotions none been given out, you ain't going to get no promotion. Uh, 
because you don't value the invitation. You've been invited. If you've been invited, doesn't that sound like you've been pre-approved? But the approval is based upon you choosing. Choosing what? To believe in the invitation. You choose to believe in the invitation that God has something better for you today? Now, the Lord said to Peter, he said, I will make you a fisherman of men. Hmm? There's the invitation. Will Peter choose it? Peter might go out to the sea, fish. He says, Lord, I ain't fished out no men. All I get is fish. But the Lord kind of fixed him one time. He says, fish on the other side. And then he finally said, if you're going to catch me and you got to come out of the water. <laughs> uh, the invitation is yours. To be better. To be more important in the kingdom. Not that you're looking for a position. To be more prosperous. To be a greater witness. Invitation is yours, but will you choose it? What if the choice is yours? Elijah. Put his manna on Elijah. And when Elijah questioned him, Elijah says, what have I done for you? How much more proof do you need? Huh? You all have been invited to a wedding. You've all been invited to a better life. Will you choose it? Hmm? Quit saying the Lord ain't chose you. He sent the invitation. What does that mean? You'll be accepted. Huh? He sent you the invitation for a better life, a cleaner life, a happier life. But it says you have to sit down, sit down what you are doing and come and take up the life that God has for you. Sit down what, whatever has you preoccupied. Huh? Things that you keep doing that just really don't mount anything. Take up the invitation. It's there. Because what do we hear? We hear, okay, the prophet says God wants everybody to have a better life and a prosperous life. And what do you say? Choose me, prophet. Hello. I said everybody. You want a personal invitation? Maybe some of them people want a personal invitation. Well, I didn't get an invitation with my name on it. Will you choose it? What if the judgment is like that? Will you choose it? Will you choose the better life? The happier life? Huh? But you can't lean to your own understanding. You've got to get out of that religious love and say, Lord, should I, should I do this? 
Lord, I'm scared, but is this for me? Because, you know, you got that mind up there that's always thinking the worst, you know. Huh? Some, of, some of us got a mind that always thinks the best, but it always ends up the worst. That's how we, got, that's how we ended up at the bottom. Because when we was young, we always thought the best was coming our way. <laughs> and we had too many disappointments. And now we don't even get up in the mornings. Because of our brain. It's your brain. Okay, blame it on the devil if you want. It's your brain. It's your brain. It's the devil in your brain. Doesn't that sound like the devil? What would the devil say? God ain't never given me anything good. Sometimes you need to listen at yourself and realize how much you sound like the devil. And when you realize you sound like the devil, <laughs> the Lord says, come back to your senses. Get out of that brain. Mm. Mm. Only one vacation, Shelley. Uh, from now on, you'll be lucky if you get to go to Tobago. Uh, many. Uh-huh. You have to choose it, you know. Uh, hallelujah. Who needs a word this morning? La da be kissy. Na da bae. Who am I looking for? Who's the Lord looking for? Da da da. is the Lord looking for? You. You like sugar cookies? Sugar cookies, ice cream, sugar cookies, sugar cookies and ice cream. Yes. <laughs> How so? Well, I feel like if if I feel for something sweet, I feel like cookies are less bad. Like they're better than something else. So I choose the so, cookies. So they're better than ice cream. Yeah, but I. You like ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you, you like sugar cookies. Yeah, and I was watching them in the case in the um. Oh. I was watching the tempter. I, Where's that serpent at? I like those sugar cookies, those ones in, uh -huh. the, in the um, Danish cookies, the one in the so, blue. So, did, did I call you out just because you've been sitting here with visions of sugar no, cookies? No, 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 I wasn't uh, thinking during, about during sugar service. cookies. During service. No, I was not thinking about sugar cookies. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, I, I'm kidding you. 
Maybe. <laughs> just, just say that. That's to the devil. The devil. <laughs> he likes sugar cookies. I see it in a far off land in time past. I'm seeing um what is it? It's um I'm looking for the name. Uh, it's um <clears throat> it, it's it's like it's it's like a business that sells sweets. Oh, I Ooh. did I did that when I was in school, and I the name of the business was called Tasty Treats. All right. And I used to make these cakes for school to raise money to, for a school project. And when I did it, it was so funny. The cakes used to crumble, but people used to buy them out. Uh-huh. It, the, it wasn't staying. Like, it wasn't like so a maybe slice. They just, maybe they just liked you. Was, was these mostly boys that bought them, or was well, boys and girls? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, that was happening too, but, <laughs> but, so, so basically you could cook anything and they buy it. Yeah. And, and my mom would quarrel. She's like, those cakes, how people buying that? It's not even staying put. Uh-huh. It's like, it just crumbling. And I was like, mommy, the thing tastes good. I think you didn't tell her it was all boys. I, I didn't notice it was all boys. So though. how's she cooking these days? Um, <laughs> good. I, well, well, no, I'm not cooking, but I can't. My mom uh-huh. actually said that. She's like, I know you could cook, but you just don't uh-huh. have time right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you're not married? No. So as you're cooking these days, you, you, you miss... No, you no, 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 none, none, none. None. <laughs> if that's what you're asking, no, no, none, none, none. I'm sorry. I can't have the subject. This subject just makes me laugh. <laughs> But that's not really your that's not really your interest right now to have a uh, tasty treats shop. Is it? No. Let's but but I did register a cooking business. Uh-huh. I called it Local like Local Express. Uh-huh. And I said the sugar line the sugar treats in that section, we call it local expressions. Okay. But I've registered it. It's the only business I've ever registered. Okay. Is that something you want to do? Yeah, but not right now anymore. Not right now? No. You're going to wait to get older. We call it Granny's Tasty <laughs> Treat. Granny. Uh-huh. calls me uh-huh. Granny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm picking up jail right now. I'm picking up jail. He calls me Granny. This morning, Granny. Uh-huh. And I call him Uncle. Like, uh huh. Uncle. Uh huh. So why not now? Tasty treats. I mean, local express. Yes. Food business. Well. What I want to know is this something you want to do? Because the Lord says you're 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 kind of torn. 
in that. What you really want to do is ministry. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. What do you do? I'm a business coach. A business what? A business coach. Coach. A, a, an advisor. Okay. Um, I'm a consultant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, your own business? Pardon? Your own business or you work for somebody? I work for someone, but I registered myself to do it on internationally, okay. online. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I don't see that. The only thing, I'm, what I'm hearing the Lord talking about is this tasty treat. I see this like this, this shop, right? But he's saying that you really want ministry. So, see, sometimes it, the Bible says flee from the desires of youth. And what I'm trying, what I'm asking you, is this a desire of youth? And the reason you're supposed to flee from the desires of youth, because if you don't flee from them, those things you wanted as a young person are fighting with the things that, that God has for you presently. Everybody follow what I'm saying? Huh? Sometimes the reason we can't enjoy life now because we, we still want a desire from youth. Anybody follow? Yeah. Huh? This deep, you know. Yeah. The deep. Mm. Deep. Deep. It's deep. Huh? For, for example, if, if it's, you know, for example, if you're looking for a relationship, you may not be looking for a mature relationship that will relate to you in your present day. You're looking for a relationship when you was 16 or 17 years old. And, and that's the kind of relationship that you want. Which might even explain why a lot of them is young people that come towards you. Or vice versa. Whatever it is. Whatever that is. So there's desires that belong to the youth. There's desires that never really fully manifested. But we receive some aspect of it. And because they've never fully manifested... Or they could have manifested and we stuck in that place, but sometimes they never fully manifested. So there's something in us that's still looking with that, and that's fighting with the reality of what we want now and what God has for us. That word was for everybody, but it's, it's for you. Is that something you want or you want ministry? I would, I would choose the ministry over tasty treats. I would choose the ministry over it because out of I mean, love you you just love Jesus more because I'm learning to love Jesus more and um, because I'm, if you want tasty treats see here's the thing I've learned about God we, we religiously we think religiously we think the Lord wants us to choose something but we want to choose something else. Anybody in that dilemma? There's something that we want. But because of our fearful love of God, we choose what we think He wants us to have. I mean, recently there was somebody in this house that turned something down. 
and somehow it come back to me and I said I said why you turn it down and they said I thought that's what you would want me to choose I said no first of all you're wrong but you assumed that's what I wanted nah it don't work like that I don't work like that you've got to make some decisions in your life I don't want you to sin and go to hell but but you have to make some decisions and I realize I realize I get that from God so if it's if it's something you want to do don't do the religious thing do what God says do don't do the religious thing if God says you can have that that that's that's within the scope or if you say Lord what do you what do you think I would really like to have later on later on sometimes don't even matter what do you want to do right now because here's the thing you know you you can you can you can worship God and give him glory in anything you do on earth almost yet unless it's sinful there's many ways there's many ways to give him praise so the Lord, I, I, I know the Lord this way. He does not want me to make a choice in something that, that I'm not going to be happy in when I could choose something and I would give him more praise and more glory out of it. The reason we think that God has this exact plan for each one of us, and if you don't do it, yes, you either go into hell or you're going to live in the slums of heaven. <laughs> what if the Lord has faith in his creation? Unlike some things we make. You know, you know. What if we have, what if God has faith in his creation and he knows you're going to choose the right thing and it's going to work out for his glory but we've been taught and we believe that God has something that he wants you to do and has nothing to do with what you want to do that's what we believe and that's what we've been taught now the Bible talks about doing the will of God the will of God is not to sin <laughs> the will of God is not you to be a shepherd over sheep Versus goats, unless we're talking about the sheeps and the goats of heaven. Because too many times we're so determined that God has this one thing he wants us to do. And if we don't do it, we're not blessed. And here's the bad part. He don't tell us what it is. We got to figure it out. That's not the Lord. You can praise the Lord in anything you do. It says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. Huh? So we need to get out of this mindset that, that the Lord is so rigid and, 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 and so trivial about everything. That's the reason we can't live life. That's the reason we're not prosperous. We're not prosperous. We think if we make $100 too much, the Lord is going to realize we got pride. He's going to break our legs and make us run off the cliff. Because it's, it's this law that springs sin to life. And it, it's 
it's the law that we live in, this religious law that we live in, that makes us feel condemned so much that so many bad things happen to us in our life because we believe God is too strict. Out of billions of people, God's got one plan for you. That don't even sound right. Huh? Now, there's obviously some things that you might enjoy doing, and there are some things or people you might marry that the Lord realizes, no, you ain't going to like that. You should listen to me. There are some directions, but many times the Lord says, choose. Choose. I invited you. Now choose. Choose. Now you want a you want this candy store, or is this something of your youth, and you just don't want that no more? Well, only this week, I experimented with some jams that my mom kind mm. of like. Do your cookies still crumble? <laughs> Cake. <laughs> no, <laughs> but one of the boys ever ate any of them cookies. <laughs> you think they liked it? <laughs> But um, I recently was experimental with some jams. Go you could say boys' sugar treats. <laughs> uh, you ain't going to get out of here serious today. <laughs> so do you want this or not? I want, mm-hmm. to do, I want you both of them too. See, that there's the problem. How, how long will you go through life Wanting to do ministry and wanting to do sugar cookies. What you should do is take a spin around the world, come back, right? And take sugar cookies and bake scriptures inside them, like fortune cookies. (laughs) No, he's joking. No, but he's joking too, though. I never know if I'm serious. Um, it's too much fun not knowing. It's just... See, first thing is assuming that you can't do that and do ministry. Now, granted, it's going to be divided some because of the dough that you're in. Uh, That's a given. That's a given. But if this this is your way of showing love to God and to other people, then you learn how to witness in that. Right? Yeah. Got any low-fat cookies recipes? Um, You learn how to. You learn how to witness in that. Otherwise, if you put too much fat in there, you may have to do a lot of last rites. Listen, this, this, this word is for everybody in this room. Either you got these desires of youth that won't let you free, and the Bible says flee from them. Because if, if, if that's not what you want to be doing now. Well, I want to flee from it. Huh? I want to flee from the desires of my youth. Okay, but what about these it. sugar cookies? <laughs> that was when it, didn't you feel some power, all these guys eating out of your hands? Come on, 
I didn't understand what what was going on with everybody. I I didn't know. I really you didn't put no pot in them, did you? Huh? You put any pot in there? I put my pot. You you. <laughs> no, I didn't okay. at that time. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just joke in, oh gosh. Remember, All right, but, but, but this it. shop, do you want this shop or do you not want this I, shop? I don't want this shop. I'm not going to do this shop. It okay. was really something. It was. It's really a desire of my youth, and right, I registered so, the business so, then. So let's let it go. Okay. So we make new room for something new. Yeah. Because as long as you have that desire in you, there's something in you that will never find satisfaction. What would you want to be? Amen. Ballet dancer or what? Amen, amen. I would choose you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not talk to you as an invitation. Nah. <laughs> There's something you wanted to be. Everybody understand? If you, don't, if you don't put this down to youth and say, nah, let me flee from this thing. Uh, you know, this, this is not what I want. That's, that's what I wanted back then, but this, this is not what I want now. If you don't let that thing go, then there's going to be a big part of you that's never going to be satisfied. And there's going to be a big part of you that's looking for something else when you're looking at what you want. And what you want, the thing that you want over here, when you start to get it, this, this thing over here, this unsatisfaction over here is going to look at this and say, no, that's not what you want. This don't fulfill me. Because that desire of youth has a brain, it has a desire, it has feet, it has hands, and it still wants it. Just because you get old doesn't mean that you don't want that anymore. And sometimes in, in regards to relationships, the reason you can't find a relationship now is because you're not 16 anymore. And you're looking for a 16-year-old relationship. Huh? And your suspects have long left that period in their life. So you, you want to let that go? I'm going let go. All right. Because that's what the Lord said. Thank you. Because I saw that thing. It's like an idol that was inside of you. Thank you. We could bless it, but that's, that's not what you really want. Nope. That's what you used to want. Yeah, true. Right? Life, life is more than those sugar cookies, right? Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, something interesting is about to happen to you. So, I wonder if this is, I don't know why I'm ministering to you so much, but I think it's hitting everybody. One of your interest in, your interest in men is based upon youth and not upon presence that is that is true actually mm-hmm. and that's I, true yeah because that might that might be true you 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 still looking for a 14 year old 15 year old <laughs> no I'm, I'm saying you know for, for example in your in your mind this this image that you have of the man you want to marry or the woman you want to marry, what if that's an old image? And it's just stuck there. You're stuck there in the desires of your youth. You say that's true? 
Yeah. Yolanda. And, and what are you hiding? Are you serious? You was right. Is Glenn know about this? You married a ballerina. I let it go, prophet. I let it go. Come on, come on. Your daughter laughing. Did she know? No, I didn't tell nobody. <laughs> but Prophet, I wanted to get her. You, you blowing her mind right now. <laughs> Mama, Baron, is it? But Prophet, I saw it as good exercise, actually, to keep fit, kind of thing, you know. So. Okay, so you want to go next week? <laughs> no, no, no. But, but is it possible that, that that's like something that was unfulfilled? Yes, it was. Anybody here want to I mean, yeah. this thing is serious. It's like something that's unfulfilled. Now, the Lord can override anything. And we, we're not taking the Lord out of this revelation. Oh, Lord. No, I almost took the Lord out of the second service. Um, <laughs> uh, we're not taking him out, but... Sometimes for the Lord to bless you, he has to deal with you, you know, and your choices. So sometimes we need to take that part out. Or there's going to be something in us that's unfulfilled. We're still looking for something. Right? So we want to let, it, let that go. When's the last time he took you dancing, though? Huh? Can, can he dance? Yes, prophet. He can dance. He could. He could. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jessica, you know about this? <laughs> Where have you been all your life? <laughs> all right, we're going to have one Christmas shindig y'all going to be invited to. Where y'all can dance and, and, and do your moves. Yes, all right. Perfect. So don't, don't, listen, some... Some desires of youth was never supposed to be Beyonce. Some things was just, that was our interest. That was the thing at that moment. And we have to let that go so the Lord can bring more satisfaction and joy into your life. I received huh? that prophet. Yes. yes. It don't mean you're getting old. It just means that was then. It's okay to say that was then. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's these even things that God promised you. You realize you done got too old for that. You don't want that anymore. You outgrew it. It's okay to say, Lord, you know, I, I want every gift you, you got from me, but, you know, I, I think I outgrew this. I don't think I want that anymore. It's okay to say that. Yes? We, we, we too, we too regimented. We think if, if we ask God for something, and it got to happen just that way. There's too many examples in the Bible where things changed. So, so you need to let go. Yeah, I want to let everything go even up until yesterday. Everything could go. No, because... What happened yesterday? Yes, no, come to Nothing, nothing. <laughs> yesterday. Where's Nicole at? Come, 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 come. Second service. But, but, I... 
the revelation coming at me and I realize that everything needs to go from Amen. the past. Everything. Be today. All the desires, everything needs yes. to go. Yes. Because if you're not careful, you can just be tormented inside and you become this nervous wreck inside because nothing's working out and you just feel like your life is unsatisfied. Yeah. Some things ain't supposed to work out. It's, it's just, it was just a journey to get us to today. Amen. Right? Don't, don't, th don't think everything has to work out. Don't, don't call yourself a failure because something didn't work out. It was just one of those things. I mean, from small, I wanted to be an architect. I got to be an architect. I, I got that privilege, and then I decided, nah. This ain't what I wanted. This ain't never what I wanted. I don't even know why I wanted this now. And the Lord has something else far greater, but we got to let that go. Right? A lot of you need to let these... Uh, these desires of youth. That's a scripture, you know. You need to flee from it. Get rid of it. Amen. Be free. Right? Something new coming. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful day. Hallelujah. <coughs> Quit waiting on heaven. You've been invited. Choose it today. Quit waiting on God to call you. He's already called you. He's already invited you. Choose it. Say, I choose you today. Be, be like John. Be like, be like John. John chose. I'm the disciple Jesus loves. Jesus didn't give that to him. He chose it. He called all of them. But John says, I'm the disciple Jesus loves. <laughs> Choose the opportunities that God gives to you. Amen. Be blessed.